Like it's just still a Marvel movie, and it's like how how far are they going to allow Sam Raimi to take this? I uh, I came up with a Tonight Show Tonight Show comic bit the other day about it. That uh, well, you know, you know why multiverses is such in pop culture and the zeitgeist right now. It's because we've all come to the collective consciousness that this universe blows chunks. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it's the reason we love we've all, fiction we've in all general. Just a, yeah, yeah. We've yeah. realized we we had the worst possible outcome. Yep. And we want to imagine any other type of life. Not in, not just not that things have gotten so bad we can't just escape to one other reality. We have to escape to literally no. every other reality possible. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's how the, no, I, I the mean, concept of heaven came about too. Absolutely, <laughs> that is our new heaven. Is uh, multiverses? Well, yeah. it makes it makes sense with the the most recent Spider Man. We have the Father Spider, we have the Son Spider, and we have the Holy Ghost. Oh my spider. god, that's you! You nailed it, one hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> this is our that is our new Holy Trinity. Yeah, that is that is the ki- type of uh, you know beliefs that would get me to go into a church. <laughs> Oh man, I just uh, I I don't know. To me, I it's it's activating like a cynical part. I have not seen Multiverse of Madness yet. I know it just came out. Uh, people are enjoying it. People I, I whose opinions I trust are enjoying it. But still, part of me is just like Sam Raimi, man. Like, look, I love your Spider-Man movies, but did you really have to go back into the Marvel like machine? You know. But hey, he's been talking about a sequel to Darkman now after this. So maybe this is what allowed it to really? happen. Yeah. A, a, would it be a Liam Neeson sequel? God. Like, I, would it be disregarding two and three? I really hope so. I really want Liam Neeson and Francis McDermott back as their it's, characters. Uh, yeah. They did that same thing with uh, Toxic Avenger. Mm-hmm. They did the first one. They did two and three. And then when they came back with Citizen Toxie, like, they have a scroll at the beginning they talk about you know toxic avenger and then two and three happen but they don't really exist yeah 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 yeah. this is the real sequel to toxic avenger yeah and hey we also have a new one of those coming out too so uh i with the dinklage so i'm i'm intrigued i'm not gonna say excited or you know any other variety of words but i am intrigued (laughs) Well, that uh, can lead us into this episode of the Weekly Podcast Massacre. Thank you for joining. I am your dreadful host, Michael, but everyone calls me Murphy. I have two wonderful co-hosts with me today. Hey, you know what? I think if you get to be dreadful, I should be some other adjective, actually. Uh, hey. You, horrendous? You can, you can introduce yourself whenever it's your episode, Greg. That's a good point. That's okay. in your power. <laughs> yeah, I'm Greg from Los Angeles. Hello. I'm Kale. And as I said, this is the Weekly Podcast Massacre. We talk about horror movies. We have a new theme every month. And we are smack dab in the middle of Mushroom May. That means we are talking about natural horror movies, things from the earth. And I think this is one of the most perfect examples of the subgenre. We are going to be talking about the 2008 The Ruins. Now... Neither of you had seen this before, correct? Correct. Correct. And I did not see it in theaters. I saw it quite a few years later. I always remember hearing like, "Eh, it's fine. It's it's a whatever type of movie. 
And uh, I've always been very impressed with this movie. I think it's it's a very simple story. There's little sets and everything. And it's a lot about character dynamics and the horrors that come from the unknown. But also, you know, when you're having to to be with your friends in a very intense, charged situation. Uh, yeah, I feel like the mid-2000s had a whole slate of, and they were kind of taking from, like, the 70s with, like, Hills Have Eyes and uh, Texas Chainsaw, but a whole slate of, like, vacation gone wrong movies, like, group mm-hmm. of friends out somewhere where they're not supposed to be, like... We've already covered yeah. The Descent, so totally a similar oh. type. I, yeah, the entire time I was watching this, I was like, this is, easily was, like, inspired by The Descent, I think. Uh, just stylistically, a lot of the way they shoot it, too. Um... And well, it's what so year the dynamic. was Descent? 2005? I feel that... Right? Yeah, it was around 2005. I don't remember. Yeah, so right around this time. I believe, and The Ruins was a book before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it might have been, like, being written at the same time yeah. as Descent is being published. I, I'm thinking, like... Just, I, I'm just thinking some of the ways that it's shot at times. It's like, this is a oh, lot yeah. like The Descent. Yeah. Um, where they're, Especially when they're, descent, when they're going into the ruins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I I was going to say, well, most of this one, which I, re- I always really love as well, is when a horror movie is like can be extremely bright. Yeah, totally. Much like Midsummer, that's, you know, all, pretty much all in a very, you know, bright day. Uh, I think we, ha- we have some of the more horrific scenes of this movie happening in just broad daylight, middle of the day. Yeah. Of the Mexican jungle. I will say, too, all that daylight photography looked pretty great. Like, the way it was kind of overexposed and it looked hot and very uncomfortable. Uh, they nailed very it. So. Made me think of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, which I feel like this that kind of kicked off, I want to say, that whole, like, you know, group of friends vacation gone wrong. Even though it's a remake of an older movie, I feel like I kind of repopulized okay. it. I, when you say it, I feel like we whenever we talk about Texas Chainsaw... Yeah. Like, we need to be more specific. You mean the I just, remake, I said remake starring yeah. Jessica Biel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the, okay. the, the Biel remake, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I, you could say, like, the new one is a remake. True. In a way, yeah. It's so, a, a requel, right? A Scream 5 yeah. puts it, yeah. There's, there's so many, and I feel like they're continuously trying to uh, update the chronology or, like, the timeline of it. So it's just like... Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I meant the uh, Jessica Biel starring. You have to be director, yeah. year, starring actor specific. What you're talking about? Marcus, Texas the the Marcus Nispel, Jessica Biel starring <laughs> yeah. 2003 remake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Michael I Bay saw produced. That, one in theaters. that must have been fun. That I I enjoy that well, movie. Well, the a first lot, night yeah. we went there was a brownout or something. All of the the power went out. It was really fucking hot outside, which is kind of perfect to see that movie yeah. because it's so disgusting. Everybody's so sweaty in that movie, but yeah, the you want to be out. a little sticky when you <laughs> see that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they so it was like, you know, the very the first scene, and there, and the girl pulls the gun out of her vagina and like shoots herself in the face, and then the power cut out. <laughs> this is like the first like ten minutes of the movie. So they came in, they're like, "Okay, we're gonna give you um, tickets to come back tomorrow night." So my friends and I went. I was with my friend's older sister, who's really scary, and we were late. I'm always early for everything, and so I was like really nervous because she was running late. And then when we get there, we're like, the front row was the only seats that were available, and she was like, "We all wear glasses. We can't sit here." I was like getting right in the usher dude's face and he was like okay you can sit here so we got like the disability seats so it was like a packed oh, nice. theater it was still super hot in there and so we got like these nice fancy seats 
the space. I just remember that. And I was really embarrassed, too, because she was, like, yelling at the person. Everybody was staring at us. Oh, like, Jesus. Packed theater. It's like, okay. But, yeah, it was a really disgusting movie. And a very uh, real memory for me. Yeah. Well, as we're saying, much like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, this is about a group of friends on vacation. Now, they're not going to a Leonard Skinner concert. They are in Mexico. They are uh, four, we got four white American teenagers, a little older than teenagers, I guess, early 20s. Yeah, I think we uh, have. I think they say 22 later. One of them gives her age. Yeah, yeah. like uh, Jonathan Tucker is Jeff. He's about to go into medical school, so or he's in med school, One of, something like that. He, he knows some medicine. Uh, there is Laura Ramsey as Stacy. We have Sean Ashmore as Eric, and then Jenna Malone as Amy. She's pretty much the big name in this movie, even though she's not that big of a name. Yeah, Sean Ashmore was in the the X Men movies, but as like a pretty small supporting right. role. So like you know, yeah, totally Jenna Malone. Uh, I believe he was also in the Animorphs TV show, so that's <laughs> you know, oh that's where right. he's, what he's known for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe Jonathan he was Tucker like the, is in a bunch of shit too. Maybe not. He is back around then, but he's a face that I recognize from just being in like. Maybe not the star of things, but he's just in tons and tons of stuff. And even Joe he Anderson, up. another character, yeah. he was in that universe, yeah. the Beatles movie. Across the universe, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Tucker, I, I've i liked him in a lot of things. He was in, I think, season two of Westworld. Yeah, he's in Virgin Suicides. Right. Fantastic performance. That's right, he is in Virgin Suicides. Yeah, good, good pull on that one. Um, and then later we have Joe Anderson as... Matthias, Matthias. They say they Matthias? like. They, it's like a hard T Mateus. the way he says it. Yeah, Matthias. Matthias, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I don't know what it is, but in movies that have really bad German accents, I kind of love it even more. Oh yeah, when it's not that good. Because <laughs> it's not a good accent, but it, like every time he says something, I'm like, ah, oh, I want to have a beer with. I want to have a Heineken with this guy, even with the bad accent. Honestly, kind of a good performance out of him, too, you know? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so. Uh, so we start the movie with a young girl in the dark, scared. She's holding a cell phone that's cracked. And then all of a sudden, she gets pulled off screen. It's a it's a great cold open. We have no idea what's going on. But we do figure out later. That doesn't, like, specifically tell us. But this is a character that is referenced and that we know. And we find out what happened to them first. But like I said, so it's the the four characters, Jeff, Stacy, Eric, and Amy, four American friends in Mexico, having fun at a resort. Amy loses an earring, and that's when Mateus finds it and kind of joins their group. They start getting along to, uh, together. Uh, we find out Jeff is going to med school, and then uh, Mateus is talking about how he came down with his brother, and his brother met some archaeologist girl. Who then they went off into the jungle and disappeared. And Mateus is going to go the next day and look for him. And is inviting all of these people. Oh, it's at a Mayan temple pyramid that's not on any map. And so that's kind of the big draw inciting incident of the movie. And Mm -hmm. what did we learn from The Descent when you go places that are not on maps? Exactly, yes. Well, 
yeah, you gotta tell somebody, but you probably should not go anywhere that's not a tourist attraction. That's probably a reason why it's not on a map. Oh, yeah. This is one of my favorite tropes of these movies, um, of just horror movies in general, of, like, you need your characters to be a little stupid to get them into the horrific situation. And, like, uh, I, I... I get, I understand the temptation of like, oh, no one has seen this before. This is a special thing. It's not been, you know, humans don't know about it typically. Like, I, I get it, but it's like you have to be dumb to actually go through with going to a place like this. Like, not telling anybody, <laughs> not any kind of map, no real backup well, plan. They, they tell people, and there is a map. It's That's just, true. <laughs> it's not actually like marked on the map. It's just the map, and they make their own marking. Hey, take us here. But the people they do tell are, this is one of my favorite aspects of this movie, they tell the Greeks where they are going. The Greeks, I, and the this, Greeks will save us. I love this, yeah. We'll get talk more about they that later. They weren't actually supposed to be in the movie. The Greeks were, they're in the, uh, the novel, but they were added yes. back into the screenplay afterward. <laughs> I, will, I will back up just a little bit, because this movie is from 2008. It's 90 minutes long, which is perfect. It does not over overstay its uh, welcome. Uh, directed by Carter Smith, and it was based off the book, and then the screenplay was also written by Scott Smith. I do not believe that these two are related, but you know Smith is a very common last name, so it makes sense. Uh, but yeah, apparently there's quite a bit of difference between the actual book and the the movie. I want to go and read the book because I kind of I've read a few things, trying not to spoil it too much for myself but it seems like it's a lot more of a downer ending and i'm all for that which i appreciate yeah when i read about the original ending i was like damn it like we could have had that like that sounds that sounds better that's pretty it's pretty badass pretty grim yeah uh okay so uh they're all, all decide to go to the ruins the next day and they're drinking on the beach uh jeff is like i'm gonna go to bed and uh, Amy starts having a little too much and gets very flirty with uh, Mateus to the point where uh, Stacy and Eric actually make a oral sex bet about if she will try to kiss him or not. Which is, you know, a 2000s thing I think you can totally get away with. But then the next day, which actually she does, I do love the little playfulness that Eric has with like, do you know what they do to people who don't honor their bets in this country? (laughs) Like they smash their hands and it's like continuously getting on her. Like you got to do something for me before we go on this trip. Yeah. I I actually found, I kind of, I liked their, um, their whole group dynamic. Like things like this can easily get annoying. And sometimes in these movies, they will play up how annoying these characters can be. And, but I kind of felt that their friendship felt, kind of genuine and it was playful enough that like you know you kind of i believe they're like ribbing but they would still be friends you know what i mean uh yeah i feel like i'm talking about it again that that texas chainsaw uh (laughs) 2003 remake um those friends get annoying and it feels like purposeful in that one but it's like you want you cannot wait for them to die i still was wanting these people to kind of die but you know not as much i guess i I agree with you. I think it's part of all of their performances, and I think they're all really good in this movie. I think uh, one of the things that gets me is just kind of how Jonathan Tucker's Jeff is at points, like, acting almost like a bad guy, 
even though like almost all of the decisions he is making are good and for the group and are the actual smart ones uh but everyone else is kind of ruled by emotion in in these situations and he is steadfast like logically thinking about these things yeah but that to me leads to a lot of the interesting like i think themes of this movie is like his his like or his like arrogance over his decisions like right or not he is just like kind of yelling over everyone else's dissent you know what i mean and he gets his way every single time um yeah and it's like especially over the two women in the group like he basically doesn't heed anything they say and it's like maybe they are being ruled by emotion and maybe they are kind of freaking out and he has some medical training but it is also not like he is running this group efficiently he is just doing what he wants and like basically talking over anyone who has a a differing opinion and i i totally i love the way that leads to the whole group's you know downfall yeah they they go well i real quick back to the oral sex bet i do love how the next scene is them knocking on the door and then eric has this, this like giant smile on his face and jen malone's like what are you so happy about uh nothing <laughs> that was the first scene to be shot was the swimming pool scene oh and i do think their their decisions and stuff and like the way they're it, it is very like early 20s you know where you're still kind of in that teenager mindset oh, sure. where you're still you still think you're invincible in a way like a you know because mm-hmm. your brain isn't fully developed until you're a little older and like i don't when i travel i've done a shit ton of traveling in my life like international and locally i I don't know in in the u.s so i would i'm not really interested in seeing like the touristy stuff like sure i'll go and see the eiffel tower but i don't need to spend a whole week in paris i don't need to take a tour to go you know like go look inside of the eiffel tower because i i just don't really have any interest in that kind of stuff so this is i wouldn't i have i am allergic to the sun which i may have stated before so i would not have gone on this adventure just because my allergies I would be fucking miserable and probably would have died like the first day just from sun exposure and then, um, you know, had a, some allergy issues there. But I could totally see myself and like a lot of the other people that I used to travel with, like some of the people that I knew, not any good friends of mine, but um, like when I was living abroad would go on an adventure. Like there were a couple of people that died or that went missing. Yeah. And that sounds oh, horrible, but in Thailand there was, you know, it's different countries it happens um, but yeah it, it does happen it's not super common but it's but i could i could see a lot of my friends and even myself just being like yeah let's go on this awesome adventure because you're young and you're <laughs> I, stupid and you want to see some cool shit yeah i i do love that at some point they are really like okay we're four americans in mexico oh someone's is, gonna come looking for us that is my favorite we're line so of the movie. In, yeah four white people <laughs> We sh- we're good, you know, we're good. People will notice we're not, you know, there. Yeah, it's like, I think it's uh, <laughs> four Americans on vacation don't just disappear. It's like, yeah, I think the line. Yeah. No, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. To to go back real quick, Amy had, uh, you know, drank too much. That's why she was trying to kiss Mateus and is not wanting to go on the, on the trip. Uh, Jeff eventually, like, convinces her. But then she comes in flip-flops, which is... You know, one of the beginning of the stupid decisions that Amy makes throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Don't they say that the hike, how many miles did they say that the hike in to like get to this temple? It's like 14 so miles or something. They take a, yeah, they, they take a bus and then they take a cab 
and the cab takes them she says like 30 miles and then uh eric's like 11 12 maybe <laughs> but she's like i'd have to do it in flip-flops like this is this is ridiculous and they're like well we have uh the f- Mateus has like a satellite phone we can call them they'll come pick us up uh so they they go they're trying to find this path that's actually covered and they're like, ooh, this is weird. Why would it be covered? Oh, well, maybe the archaeologists don't want people just stumbling upon their great find. So we go through some of uh, the foliage. And oh, even before that, they see two children that are just kind of standing there very, very creepily. They're trying to say hi, hola, no, no one's responding. And eventually the two children just kind of run away. And they're like, oh, well, that was weird. They go through the path and then they come across... The ruins, the uh, ancient Mayan temple that's covered in vines. And I, it's just such a great set, honestly. I think it looks fantastic. Um, and I, I always love when we get, you know, uh, few settings of a movie when you have like one location for the majority of the movie and how you can use that to your advantage. Unlike Evil Bong... Like, this I was just is gonna say, just like Evil of Bong. Evil Bong. Like, instead of just in the college dorm room, we have on top of a pyramid and a little bit inside of it. Yeah. In the novel, there weren't any ruins. It was just an overgrown hill and the vines oh. were all over it, which is which is pretty cool. And so this this set design, it the the temple was made of three separate sets. So the first was the facade overgrown with the vines that the characters walk up, all those big steps that we see yeah. um, a couple times. And then the second was the top of the temple, and that's where most of the film takes place, is just on the top in the bright sun. Um, which is all natural light, by the way. That's all natural light. You can tell. Which it, it seemed it like they were shooting yeah, outside. It's insane. Yeah. And then the third set that's used was the underground... Um, like the tunnel shafts type stuff. In, yeah, in the um, the temple. Yeah, and all of the um, the distant shots were s- like a blend of um, the actual sets, but mostly CGI. Well, they see uh, like a little tent on the top, and they're like, "Oh, uh, what was it? Heimlich? He- Heinrich was Matthias's brother." That's like, probably oh, not Heimlich because that's a last name. Yeah. <laughs> so as soon as like they're trying to, you know found out some answers a bunch of mayans come running up uh on horseback and then a bunch of other ones come out they've got bows and arrows and guns and all these things and uh they're you know yelling in mayanese or or whatever language that it is and well they're trying to speak uh spanish and it's like well this isn't you know a lot of communications going uh past each other and uh, Amy has a camera, so she's taking pictures, and it's kind of... I don't think it's freaking them out. What's freaking them out is that they're getting closer to the vines from the temple. Well, yes. I think eventually... I, I kind of thought of... And in retrospect, I was thinking about this with the camera. It's like, I kind of thought at first we're doing that whole thing of like, oh, primitive people think it's stealing their soul. But I don't think it's that. I think it's just that they don't it's, want... No, it's not. They don't want proof of this place's existence. Because if those photos no, get I, out, they don't want more people coming and checking it out and, you know, looking at it. I don't think that's it either. I think it's because if you notice, she backs up. She's standing in the vines yeah. and they're yeah. screaming at her. And then that, when she drops the camera, ah, ah, the camera's like cursed or whatever. Like, you know, it's not cursed. That's true. You know, like, yeah, the camera's contaminated. 
Yeah, I also just thought they want complete secrecy. They don't want photos of this place that exists, you know? So I guess could that could make sense, but it, it seemed more of just like as soon as she steps on the vines, yeah. they're like, nope, nope. That's, that's you, probably more quarantined. It. That's probably definitely it. Also, they knew she wasn't going to get out. So they, why yeah. would they care if she had well, the camera for that, you know? That's fair, yeah. Mateus has his satellite phone and is trying to show a picture of his brother. And the Mayan has that as Amy steps on the vine. Every, shit goes down. Uh, we forgot to mention there was one Greek that was with them. Uh, and he made a, a map and left it for his two friends that were hungover drunk on the beach. So that's that's the, uh, you know, the other part of it. We have help is coming. The Greeks are on their way. They were just hungover, but they will be on their way. Uh, so the one Greek guy, Dimitri, I think yeah, was his I'm, name. Mm-hmm. He gets uh, an arrow right to the chest and then almost immediately after gets shot right in the face. So everybody is completely freaking out and they start running up the ruins. And it's basically where we are for, you know, the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, we We have a little tent on top, but nobody's there. There's a big hole in the center and a giant rope and pull, like a wooden pulley with a rope there. Uh, two things about that scene. First of all, I think uh, as I noticed there was like CG blood spray when he gets shot, like which bummed me out a little bit. Um, <laughs> but oh well, you know, it's like a couple seconds. That lead Mayan is played by um, I pulled up his name. Sorry, uh, Sergio. His name is Sergio Calderon, and he is Jose in Men in Black. And Jose in Men in Black is the guy in the beginning oh, that is <laughs> revealed to be a head on a yeah. stick held by an alien. Yeah, That's which is right. something that really freaked me out when I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> I watched Men in Black all the time, and that always, always like you know scared me when you just see the alien like under a coat with a head on a stick and the head is still kind of yeah. like moving yeah uh but does that's that's who that actor is in, no he doesn't he say anything, anything he, no, he just kind of like smiles and he nods. laughs yeah okay. when um that's what it is when k is like joking he's speaking in spanish he's like hey you don't understand anything i'm saying right and he's just like laughing yeah that's along. right yeah i was wondering if it was something like a uh, total recall where he just keeps saying one phrase <laughs> over and over again like two weeks two, two weeks two weeks um so at so at this point, all of the Mayans are like encircling the 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 pyramid. So there there's going to be no escape. Uh, they start hearing a phone ringing from the pit, and they're like, "Well, we got to investigate." Uh, Mateus is like, "Well, that's my brother's phone because we have the same phone. I know that ring. So hey, let's use this rope pulley system. I'll go down and investigate." And that's when things start going even more wrong. The rope breaks because it is so old and fragile and Mateus falls a great deal and it's it's so excruciating to watch i i really hate it they so they eventually send stacy down because she's lighter and the and the boys need to be able to use see this is what you got to yep like i understand uh amy and stacy are like well why can't one of you guys go down and it's like well obviously you need to be a little stronger to do the rope thing also you ladies are like 60 50 pounds lighter it's gonna be a lot better on the rope you know all these logical things but yeah i get that jeff is demanding a very like dictator i guess when he is he is giving these instructions again i'm glad i'm taller i'm usually not the smallest (laughs) 
It's like in Descent, you're like, oh, you're smaller. You got to go through the little undiscovered cave part first. Exactly. Well, it's like even going back to like, um, we we didn't talk about it much, but when they're deciding to go to the ruins, like Amy does not want to go. And it's Jeff who's like, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, but we're going to go. And he will not take any other answer. Like he's like, you know, she's like, I'm hungover. I'm sick. I don't feel well. You know, like we didn't plan for this. All these like differing opinions. And he's just like, nope, we're going and you're coming too. Like, and she eventually gives in. But yeah, it's, he does not let anyone else have their way. It's, yeah. And to the point of it's, he's kind of upset with her. I mean, he probably has right to be, even though he doesn't know she's trying to make out with all these people. But there is some contention in their relationship. He's moving 2,000 miles away to go to med school. It's kind of going to be the end of their relationship, the last hurrah. And, um, but he's also saying, like, you haven't done anything this whole vacation. We have, we've had no culture. We've gone to the beach. We've gone to the pool. We've gone to the beach. We've gone to the pool. Let's do something to remember, hey, we actually went to Mexico and not just yeah. a resort. Sometimes there are, uh, as again, as a person who has done a shit ton of traveling in my life, there are different travel styles. And sometimes that's, I've, that's true. most of the traveling that I've done has been alone. And I think the best travel partner has been my brother. But sometimes, you know, people will have stomach problems and then you just have to go out by yourself. And it's okay. You don't have to be together all the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay for one person to just be like, you know, I don't want to go, and then you should just be like, okay, that's fine, and not give them a hard time or force them to go. Like, I, there's different travel styles, and clearly they don't, you know, he wants to do all this other shit, she wants to stay on a resort. I think resorts and uh, tr- cruises and that kind of shit sound fucking awful, and I wouldn't go to them. But I understand <laughs> that some people, that's like their ideal, they go to Mexico and they stay in a place that's, you know, a fancy version of their home, which is not for me, but... Fine, I, I kind of want to go on a cruise, but he said the the wordage that he uses is I don't want to go without you, and so it it is kind of a little bit of a, an emotional manipulation. Yep. She eventually you know relates. Uh, so they send Stacy down. The rope's not long enough. She has to jump off it, and then she she doesn't break her leg. It just she drops the she, um. She's holding a lantern that that's partially glass. Yeah, she drops the that glass and she is falls what it is. on the yeah, she falls on the glass yeah. and stabs her in the There's lantern. a glass, she has to pull it out. Eventually she's like, Well, Mateus has a broken back. We're fucked. He can't fill his legs. Uh they also hear the ringing, I believe, at some point, and they're like, Well, we gotta deal with this broken back German first. I think that's why they ended up going down there in the first place, right? The the phone ringing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I believe it also happens again while they're down there, but they're just like, well, yeah. we, we gotta wait. Uh, so they eventually build a backboard out of the tents and some duct tape and, you know, backpacks and everything. They send it down. Amy's down there as well. Oh, real quick before that, Mateus is, as he's doing there, Amy comes down the pyramid and is trying to talk to the Mayans like, hey, we have an injured person up here. Besides the fact that you killed somebody, there is an injured person we need to take care of. Uh, That's when she throws a little piece of the vines at one of the little kids who's like seven or eight years old. And again, all hell breaks loose. All the Mayans are screaming at the little kid, pointing at the pyramid. And the kid's like on the verge of tears and they just shoot him right in the face. Yeah, it's brutal. (laughs) 
I I love it when a movie is brave enough to just fucking kill a little kid, shoot a child in the head, almost out yeah. of nowhere. Uh, pretty early in on in face. talking about in talking about doing this podcast, we had an idea. Maybe we'll still do it for movies, just covering movies where kids get shot in the face or kids get killed in general. Uh, that kids was your squibs. idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was inspired by watching Assault and Precinct 13, and this fits into that. I'm glad we got the one eventually. That is true. I yeah. remember helping you make a letterbox <laughs> list of movies that involved squibs and kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is going on the lists, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the little kid shot in the face, and they run back up the pyramid, because they're like, if they're going to do this to someone they know, we're we're screwed. They a build the backboard, they send it down. They, uh, to me, the most, like, excruciating thing of this movie is they're like, well, the backboard and the rope's not long enough. There's like two to three feet from the ground. So now they're having to pick up Mateus with a broken back and put him onto the backboard. And they kind of fuck it up the first time. And th- yeah. I'm just like squirming the whole time. He's he's yelling in so much pain. It's just, it's a really effective bit. We haven't even gotten to the supernatural aspect of it. And I'm already cringing. I think it's the other thing that made me think of The Descent. And of course, like you said, they're pretty close. So it's not like, you know, this is mm-hmm. ripping from The Descent. Just pointing out a similarity. But just that combination of like uh, realistic, natural, like, you know, hand, dealing with injuries and dealing with like these intense situations combined with a supernatural aspect. Yeah. Like that suddenly you get a little up. Bit more. Yeah. And then it, it really, I think it really is, uh, connects this with the descent as well is the, you know, the friend aspect of mm-hmm. have these people that you love and trust when everything's going fine. What happens when we like have such an, an incident, some kind of, you know, extenuating circumstance that's like it's going to push our relationships to the very brink to possibly break them to the point where we're not going to be friends after going through yeah. this type of situation. It's going to kind of reveal their true nature and, and how they handle a crisis. Yeah. Also, Matthias wasn't their friend before this. Remember, he was somebody that they brought along. Well, so I kept thinking, like, right, oh, I'm but- surprised that this like because Jeff was kind of an <laughs> asshole and him to just be like, hey, we don't even know this dude. Let's just leave yeah. him down. There. Yeah. But it, I mean, and it, that comes to it. It was like, well, this is a new friend. This is someone we've been friendly with, but we don't know really well. And that's why I think Jeff doesn't feel real guilt in doing things that he does later. Yeah. Had it been one of his like <laughs> close personal friends. Sorry, well, yeah, but I was thinking have... about right. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this quote recently, and there was uh, Red Dwarf, this British TV show, where one of the characters, the computer, is talking about uh to to one of the characters and he goes john paul sartre once said uh hell is being locked in a room with your friends and lister's response is holly his mates were french (laughs) so this idea that like it it really is bad when we are stuck with people we would necessarily enjoy when we can leave at any time i think it's it's a really interesting dynamic that that is the kind of the rest of this movie and is what how do you react how do you stand this person that you don't like their reactions to things amy finds a truck key in like the the packages there's a bunch of like 
uh, derelict type of cars down at the the beginning of the the path and then they all go to sleep and then the next day is when shit starts getting real weird they find a skeleton in the vines but then once stacy wakes up she realizes that there is a vine that has been crawling inside of her leg uh eric quickly gets up and like pulls it out but it's still it's a pretty gnarly effect it looks it looks pretty real uh, but then that's when they go and check on Mateus, and he has, like, his legs are, have been eaten away. Like, you were down to the bone. You were seeing, like, some real gnarly shit. And, again, the phone starts ringing, and they're like, well, we should go investigate so we can try to call for help. They send down both Amy and Stacy. Uh, and they're in the little alcove. It's all covered in vines. And as they're investigating more, it turns out there's all these red flowers inside. And when they start looking at it a little bit more, when they're trying to find the ringing, they notice that it's the flowers imitating the ring of a phone and vibrating to make the noise. I think a really good effect. I think for an early CG, it looks pretty good. Being in the dark helps. But we're getting, uh, like, an an animalistic nature type thing to this plant or, you know, like a defense mechanism to a degree. Yeah. And it, it feels like vaguely something that could exist, like a plant that would use sounds and mimic sounds to like ensnare mm-hmm. prey. Like it, it's not totally unbelievable. It's pretty cool. I like this a lot. This is such a great idea. Do Are there other creatures that do that besides birds? Cause I know birds can kind of mimic, but are there other c- creatures that can do that? I guess like chameleons do it with their skin. Yeah, that's what I was. I was thinking, like maybe visually, not uh, orally. But yeah, that's that's an interesting way. I mean, it is a, it's a like cool a defense, but um, yeah, uh, I had it. Ri- I just said it, it's not horrible CGI, and then the next note I have is not great CGI. Is when the vines start attacking them. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> um, on the whole, like. Uh, you know, animal. For, I, I think, I mean, when it comes to like certain plants, like Venus flytraps, don't they emit certain smells and like they do lure in their their food with like things that they would like, like a right? pheromone, yeah, pheromones, yeah. things like that. So, uh, and then I have uh, the quote: for Americans on vacation don't just disappear." Yeah, so great line. <laughs> Made me think of uh, we're we're very important us Americans. Yeah. There's a similar line in the Blair Witch Project, I think. Where she says, like, three people don't just walk into the woods and disappear in this day and age or something like that. Like, yeah. It's just not true. This, this shit happens. <laughs> totally. I mean, I'm thinking most of the times recently that it's happened, it's usually the man killed the husband or the man killed the wife and then ran away to go kill himself in the Florida swamp. Or, you know, we had that whole thing for a while. <laughs> There's a document, like a true crime documentary series about people who just disappear in national parks. So yeah, it happens. Sometimes there's a predator like um, that one dude. Anyway, yeah. Uh, At this, this is the point where Jeff decides for Mateus to survive, they're going to need to amputate the legs. Wait, did they, did they discover uh, in the, in the ruins, what else, they discovered the, the lady? Yes. Uh, yeah. there was a, they found the skeleton, yeah. Oh, so 
that's supposed to be the the lady from the beginning of the movie, right? Uh, I think it she's is. in the bottom. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I when feel they like discover they found the, that they discover the woman, it's when like Amy yeah. goes under, and they discover the woman and like the I think the cracked phone, and then they like pull them up really quickly because the vines are. Is that this part? Yeah, yeah, that that yeah, that was that scene. But they found another one like on top of the pyramid. So which probably maybe like uh Heinrich or yeah, something. Probably. But yeah, they do they do find the one body inside. Yeah, that's supposed to be the chick from the very beginning of the right. movie, the first scene. Right. And then when also he says, um, Matthias is like, Oh, my brother and this woman went somewhere, that that's that's her too. Mm-hmm. Same woman. So they have no anesthesia. So they just give him a couple shots of tequila and they don't really have, you know, medical equipment. So the plan is to take a giant rock and break the legs and then use a hunting knife to then cut off the legs. And the whole time they're talking about how Jeff or Mateus doesn't feel anything, doesn't feel his legs, can't move them. (laughs) And he starts screaming and just like, he doesn't feel it. He's just like visually looking at it and it's freaking him out. And th- then they also are, you know, uh, uh, cauterizing it. So I, it's it's a pretty intense scene. Yeah, it, it's insane. Uh, you also have the pretty fucked up like vote they had to do before that where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Mateus, Mateus ends up being the deciding factor. Or he's just like, cut him off. Just do it. But right, like Jeff is like I, voting yes, and then Stacy like puts her hand up, and it's like he's in med school. Sure, <laughs> whatever. I don't care. I had I mean, vibes coming out of my legs. Here. Yeah, it had me doubting, like, because uh, he was saying like, oh, he doesn't feel it's just a visual. And it's like, how accurate is this? Like, I mean, he is in med school, but also he's still in school. Like, I I was unsure. I was like, I don't know the the logic if that tracks. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean I'm assuming I mean, a spinal you know, cord injury would make him paralyzed, right? Right, right. Yeah. But I don't know if that's necessarily like all feeling is gone. I mean, I know some people, you know, you can like depends probably bang on their legs, do whatever. This was yeah. also the first scene that was submitted to like the studio executives for approval, mm. which is funny to me. <laughs> it's a good one. It's I a mean, good it's, showcase, yeah, of what they can do. Yeah, it's really horrific. And but then. One of the craziest things happens. They cut off the legs, and then all of a sudden, the vines come out <laughs> and grab the legs to pull them. I love that. Just, just a little, a little, a little snack, a little snack for them. You know, just like here you are, tossing the legs. That scene got the most time devoted to it with the special effects crew. It was the very first scene they started, and then the last thing they finished. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very unsettling to me oh so at one point stacy starts hearing things uh she believes that um the was eric and amy are sleeping with each other and like she she's hearing the flowers like create some sort of hallucination or like a, a sound and that's interesting because it distracts... it's not just a mimic that then they're yeah it's, it's like, like a, creating a hologram most of it, it is mimicking there's like a more it's it's something more sentient behind them yeah yeah at times it's almost like they're mocking mm-hmm. to an extent to do it yeah. but it's a mimic but at the same time it's like ha 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 
you're in this i've got you in this situation but as they're arguing about all this this is when the the vines then like try to eat mateus by just like going down his throat and they start pulling him out but it it he's dead he's it's gone it's pretty awesome yeah it's a good moment it's, it's pretty good yeah it's gonna oh. definitely be up there for this month's massies definitely i just remember this this fact too this this was uh produced by ben stiller i believe right his production company oh really um, yep red wow. hour yeah which is pretty pretty cool that he uh uses his influence to like you know uh take this small independent horror movie and give it distribution and 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 a budget it's kind of neat um reminded me of uh, mel brooks like funding the elephant man and the fly you know yeah like i gotta take my name off this so St- Stacy starts yelling at this point, and then that is when the flowers are mocking and you know, mimicking her to an extent. Uh, the next day, we have more vines that are crawling inside Stacy, and they eventually are like, "Well, we're gonna cut him out." And it's like through her her thigh or something. It's like, yeah. it's it's pretty gross too. And they just they you know cut it, pull it out, and Jeff just kind of throws it <laughs> to the side. Like it's a giant worm or something. Yeah, this movie hits on. Uh, I think I mentioned this in our descent episode, but it hits on a couple of my like just weird, like phobias. Not phobia. I don't know, mm-hmm. but just the things that really get under my skin, like pun intended. But like uh, amateur surgery, uh, having to break people's bones or smash their heads in with rocks, uh, <laughs> you know, and um, getting lost in like a vacation, like that kind of stuff, yeah. just where you have no help. It's just like it is really hitting all these things that really do uh, bother me. You know, unnerving. Exactly. They're very unnerving. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I I think, and I think they just do them so well. So uh, Stacy wants to keep on cutting, and they're eventually like, "All right, this is, we've done enough." She's even to the point where it's like, "It's in my head," and I think this is where the point where. Um, you see something like on her forehead yeah and then all the others kind of see it and freak you like you can see it on their face and she's like you saw it didn't you like no no it's it's okay it's it's all gonna be okay (laughs) obviously lying uh they they take nap time because it's you know very very exhausting you know fearing for your life stacy uh sneaks off and she starts like cutting herself to to pull them out. Another just really unnerving thing for me is you know just slicing your face and all these other parts trying to pull things out. They start arguing to a point where she like cuts Jeff's hand and then stabs Eric in the chest. So she kills her boyfriend. Yeah, which I'm sure you know many would love to do. <laughs> Laura Ramsey, who played Stacy, actually um, spent time interviewing nurses who worked with uh, psychiatric patients in psychiatric okay. wards. So, because she wanted to understand like the mannerisms and the kind of things that people would say if they thought that that something was like inside of their body, moving around inside of them. So she yeah, studied I, a little bit. I think it pays off because I actually think she's the strongest performance in the movie. That's the one. That's that, what I was about to say. I, yeah. I think she is really good in this. Yeah. Her whole breakdown. This is the highlight of the entire film for me is like her, the, the stuff under the skin, her freaking out, her panic, her irrationality. That line you've mentioned about like it's in my head, in my brain. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I love it. She Yeah, she's spectacular. 
So this is where now the vines drag off the dead body of Eric. Again, it's just, it's so cool. I, I love the, the sentient plant life that's like, oh, well, there's there's some dead flesh. There's food, sustenance. I can grab it. They're distracted, whatever. They're not going to care. I love it. I love it. It's going to be a sneak. It's just going to reach into a little cookie jar, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stacy starts begging for death. And the flowers are, again, mocking her to, to mimic. And I have it written down, Jeff does the deed, but I do not remember specifically how that happens. It's off screen, I believe. Uh, I think you don't actually see how it happens. Like, he just kind of goes okay. to do it, and then she's and then she's dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're, we're focusing on Amy the whole time. So, now they have made a plan. Amy is going to escape. They're going to cover her in Stacy's blood. And Jeff, like, carries her down the pyramid. And uh, the whole idea is she's playing dead. And then he's going to be distracting the Mayans. Talking about how, like, you couldn't understand me, but you need to know her name. Her name, well, he keeps leading them away from her. And then he just shouts, Amy. And she gets up and runs away while he gets... Uh, arrowed a couple times <laughs> and, and shot and dies yeah he also he talks about he tells her and maybe he was just saying this to calm her down and to get her to go along with it but he's just like he's like oh, i'll distract him and then i will i will get away too like i'll follow yeah i'll be yeah. right behind you <laughs> but he almost immediately gets killed as soon as she starts going yeah. and i maybe just like he the was just saying that to convince her yeah to go. oh yeah i mean yes i think that's yes. just probably he was sacrificing it. himself Yes. I, I think that's probably it, but I also was just laughing at, like, you know, if it was an honest attempt, he completely botched it. I don't know. I was just glad to see him get killed. I think that was it. And I wanted to believe that he was dying being a, being a dumbass, you know? See, I... Then that's the problem. Like, I yeah. I feel sympathy for this character because... Right, yeah. Oh, I do, too. I don't totally is, despise him. Yeah. Right. He. I mean, he, do, he is sacrificing himself, but throughout the whole time, he is trying to do the best thing. Mm-hmm. after they get into this situation again he is a bit more controlling yeah he is you know he but he is decisive and i think that is the thing when you are in a situation like we're, the, if the three of us got caught up on top of that pyramid like it's gonna be a bad time we're all like oh shit should we i don't know do we ugh. Not to be what do dark, we do next guys. Not to be dark, but I I feel like I, it'd be two minutes, and then I would be doing a header down those down into the ruins without the rope. You know, yeah. just like here we go, let's see it. <laughs> Head first onto the yeah. to the stone yeah. floor. Oh yeah, but then we have to go and like save you and bring you back up. And Let the plants have me, man. Inside your head, yes. Yeah. Let the plants take me. You know, they need to eat. There's no so. saving if you. I mean, that was pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> just gonna let you die down there so amy starts running through the jungle i believe she's barefoot at this time she lost her flip-flops and she runs into the old truck it's a stick shift so at this point i'm fucked i would not be able to get out of there so <laughs> same here yeah yeah uh and then she drives through and and escapes and the final shots that we have of the movie is the Greeks coming to save the day. They show up at the temple. Had they just been able to wait a little bit longer, 
the Greeks would have saved them. Well, uh, yeah, that's the thing. I think they probably just been killed by the Mayans, right? I imagine more than anyway. likely. Yeah, um, or they would end I, up on the temple. Yeah, I, I or think they could have had a phone. That's true. Maybe they had a satellite phone too. Yeah, who knows? Um, I don't know. I I feel like this ending is kind of weak, and it kind of really harmed my like. And I was really into this movie. Um, you know that there's some some sloppy CGI here or there. I do feel like I did get a little. It, it it's only ninety minutes, so it's not a very long thing. But like you kind of, I was kind of getting a little little tired of like the single location and all this stuff, you know. But then I feel like that ending was very abrupt and like I, I don't know. I'm not even sure what else I would want from that ending. But it just kind of well, arrives so quickly, you know. I, I I think it is one of the weaker aspects of the movie. Yeah. And from what I've read, there are, there was an alternative ending that I think would have fit more uh, for just, you know, for the general tone the movie's going for. But it is also different than the book. So let's, I, from what I remember reading of the book uh, ending, Stacy is like the last one alive. And she comes down to the bottom of the temple and like slits her wrists and then was like trying to be a warning to anybody else. Hey, don't come here or like (laughs) run away type of idea. Yeah. Which is really fucked up. I want to read how they get to that point. But the alternative one that I was reading about for the movie, I guess there was like two, maybe uh, one where... As she's driving away, Jenna Malone has, like, vines or stuff, like, kind of coming out of her mouth or, or face or something like that. She uh, looks in the rearview that... mirror, and you see uh, a little small vine moving through her skin right next to her Okay, eye. yeah. That sounds uh, so is... much better, yeah. Yeah, I think that would be, which would be much better. And then the other one I read is, like, we then cut to her grave. Or something like that and then there's a great a, um, a caretaker who sees a small red flower and as he's like bending That's down good too. to investigate and it cuts all of a sudden yeah these are much more you know pessimistic cynical endings they're more famous, but i think yeah. that is that is what you need with this movie if you leave us on an optimistic note after everything we've seen it it's a sour taste because yeah everything that we've seen is is not in line with this it also doesn't even fully track with what they set up like they were they executed a child just because like a loose plant touched him and so we know that that there's no happy ending for jenna malone we know that she's fucked she's around them plants she touched him and other people's bodies we know that she's done so it doesn't make any sense to not follow up on it in the ending and to just cut away, like it feels like it. There, there's just like a big chunk missing there. Yeah, because you need to kind of follow through on what you set up. Like you touch it, you're dead. That's it. Like, you know the plants. Yeah, logic. Logically, it makes sense for them. I mean, they're quarantining them. They're like, yeah. this is something. You know, th- this group of people has known about for hundreds of years, or you know, something like that. To to the idea that they have, you know, they stay there to guard this particular yeah. area. It feels to, like to keep keep evil in. Yeah, it feels like a similar thing to this. We talked about it with the descent, and it's it's different endings where like the original ending was too bleak for people, 
So they decided to do something with a little more optimism or hope or whatever, but it ends up kind of kneecapping <laughs> like the movie. It also is, is like the same ending. Yeah, it's yeah, the exactly. same, like, it's the same she's ending driving as the away scene, yeah. in a car. Right, that one at least yeah. even has a jump scare, you know, with the uh, with the ghost. Oh yeah, that. the dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like this one, it's just like that. Done. Greeks could have made it, but oh well, you know. Like yeah, it it, it totally. It almost made me want to take the the score down like quite a bit. So I was just like, I was really into this, and I was like, I was really mad when it ended. I was like, you fucking kidding? Like you didn't follow through? Mm. Yeah. Also, too, those other two endings, those are the type of endings that Kayla's mentioned really loving. Right? Is apocalyptic endings. Like the yeah. very fatalistic thing that the whole world is maybe fucked now because she's gonna go spread I, I these think, plants around. Yeah, yeah. I think that that is the stronger ending to being like it's not over, even though like all the main character, all the characters that we've interacted with are dead. Yeah. But the the whole idea of it is that they are the ones that let this thing loose. Yeah, onto, and I like it because populated world. Uh, I like it too. I feel like this movie has a lot of anti-colonialist. Uh, themes right of like you have these foreigners coming into the space and and disrupting the status quo and and like the rules are like you know the just like getting into in these dangerous situations that the locals are like don't do this we have to prevent you from coming in and fucking things up and then you carry it out with the rest of the world and ruin mm -hmm. everything uh so i, I well, just as, as americans we are taught yeah. we are intrinsically better than any yep. other group of people in and the we have entire the, <laughs> world and we have the right to go wherever we want and do whatever we want you know right you know, right no matter what anyone says yeah and then all we need is some guy with a fake german accent <laughs> to give us some sort of like culturalness exactly to the, yeah. to the movie yeah i have a big paragraph of some of the differences in the novel and the oh, movie if you guys sure. want me to read a little bit yeah sure okay let's hear about so, it so uh, it this screenplay kind of like switches things up a little bit so in the film stacy um she cuts her knee and then the plants grow inside of her and um she ends up killing eric and then begs for everybody else to kill her so in the book it is eric who cuts his knee and then he kills matthias Interestingly. And then in the film, Matthias breaks his back and later gets his legs cut off. But in the novel, it happens to Dimitri, who has a different name. Okay. In the book. Um, and then in the film, well, that makes me think maybe they actually did get to in interact with the people. Maybe. Like once they got to the ruins, but I don't know. So in the film, Jeff is killed by the Mayans when he's trying to save Amy at the end, help her escape. Um, but in the novel, Jeff is killed by the Mayans trying to escape after Amy was killed by the plants over, like, in the night. Um, so then in the novel, Stacy is the last survivor, and she ends up committing suicide in front of the ruins to warn others to stay away from the ruins. But the plants take her body, and she disappears. Ah. So Amy is the first character to die in the novel, and then but in the film, she's the one who escapes. Mm -hmm. I kind of like the idea. I mean, if you've read the book, you got a few surprises. You know what I mean? Maybe it's not a faithful adaptation, yeah. but it's going to play with your expectations, I guess. Yeah. Which I think is the best type of an adaptation is that you're not you're not going beat by beat, line by line the whole time. Is that sometimes you need to, uh, you know, have a character and their motivations, but you can you can change it you can change the situations around it while still keeping it, you know, faithful to their intents and to the actual 
purposes of their of their creation. I don't know what I'm saying here. <laughs> it kind of sounds like maybe Jeff was more of a dickhead too in the book because um, he's supposed to like Jeff makes a decision to not do something until she apologizes, and then she ends up yeah. dying because of that. So, oh man, I do want to yeah. read this book. It, I do. It yeah, I'm very really interested. Good. In I, it. The the author also wrote a simple plan, which was turned into a, a book or a movie by Sam Raimi. Oh, which shit. I have not seen, but uh, yeah. I've, I've always heard really good things about it. It's got my boy, Billy Bob. Billy Bob so, Thornton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's it. I didn't know you wrote a simple plane. That's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was going to be watching that pretty soon. So uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's right. It's going to be on Blank Check. So yeah. To pull that up. So uh, I guess it's time to give some final thoughts. And what do we want to rate this out of? I think that we should do the vine plants. The vine plants have uh, six points. Did you guys notice that? So it's kind of like no. a, the sign of evil, maybe. Okay. I don't know. What do you think the plants are? Are the plants, are they cursed? Or is it like just a... It's a very good question. Evil I was thinking about this because, vine? like, I was curious if the temple came first, that they were built around the vines, or if, like, the vines took over the temple. I don't know. I was thinking the same thing, though. Um, and it's like, is the temple there because they were worshiping these? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, it, well, maybe, but it seems they also mentioned how they're salting the the earth around it so that it cannot escape. My feeling yeah. is that it it's like a carnivorous plant. It is just something that naturally evolved, and it, if given the chance, would be the the predominant species on the planet. But these Mayans, after constructing a pyramid, maybe they were trying to worship it or you know contain it. But that it it all just ended up in this one location, and it's them again containing it. We're we're having you know it's a reason to continue on your uh, group of people, your society, because you have a mission. We have to save the world from this fucking plant that would kill everybody and everything. So like that's why we stay in the jungle, you know, away from you know technology, all these other things. Just so we can, we are entrusted, like the, yeah. the the night at the end of Temple of, no, not Temple of Doom, Last Crusade. Like, this is his charge. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I like I like rating it out of six-pointed uh, meat-eating I, plants. I feel like the, it's like uh, satellite phones, we've got broken backs, we've got... Greeks. We've got hey. mimic flowers, <laughs> mimicking flowers. I, I kind of like, I kind of like out of Greeks, but uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm still, I'm still, I'm still team mimicking flowers. I think that's the that's the iconic thing from the movie, you know. Okay, we'll we'll do uh, red flower vines. I'm the host. I will go first. I. As I told you guys, I really like this movie. I liked it since I, I first saw it. I think it does have weaker points, especially the ending. But everything is is just so on point for me. Uh, even to the point where I, I don't hate the ending. I think there are better choices that could have been made. But I, you know, that's that's what they decided with. You know, again, this was studio audiences probably took a look at it and were like, mm, I don't know. Uh, and they went back on it, so audience was wrong this time. But I, I think it's just such a, a strong performances. It has such a great 
simple premise. And again, the the idea of one real location where the majority of it happens and how it's the dynamic of friendship in a stressful situation. I think that's where a lot of the conflict comes in, that there is there is the external threat, but then a lot of the movie itself is just how these people are reacting to it and then how another person is reacting to their reaction. Uh, it's to the point where it feels very real. There's a lot of valid emotions and actions, I think, that happens in this. And as, as you know, it happens in, in horror films and a lot of film in general, you need a character to be stupid and do a really fucking dumb thing in order for the movie to continue on, to us have any plot point. Why the fuck are you going to, you know, dig up Jason when he's dead? Well, you know, that's what ha- needs to happen so he can get struck by lightning and come back alive. You know, um, I... I'm just, I'm really enamored with this movie. Real quick, I believe it was in film school. It was probably like the end of 2007. So I got to see Jenna Malone uh, and her band. Oh, wow. A friend of mine was really into her. Uh, I really ended up liking the opening act, but she came out. It was Jenna Malone and her Bloodstains was the name of the band. That's cool. And so it must have been like right after she finished shooting this movie and she's back in New York and plays with the band. What is she? Is she the singer? What? She is the main singer. Yeah. And then she had a weird hat that was like a not colored, but like the big Rastafarian type hat that was black <laughs> and then had uh, uh, what, what, the, what do you call those things? Um the hair dreads. that's like vines the what what dreads right uh, dreads yeah it's like dreads attached to the hat and so at one point when she takes the hat off like there's just other hair with it. i don't know she's a weirdo but i was always a big fan of hers uh i think she is kind of the weaker uh acting in this movie i think stacy does such a phenomenal job i really like jonathan tucker as jeff I think he he sells a lot of it. Yeah. Even Sergio Calderon from the sidelines was scary as fuck. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. He's a great I presence mean, you out have, there. You have no idea what he's saying, but when he's yelling at this seven-year-old child, like, you feel real fear. And then when he just fucking shoots him in the face. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going kind of high on this one. I'm going 4.25 red color or red flowered uh human eating flowers yeah very nice all right yeah okay i'll go ahead and go next (laughs) so uh i i was very high on this movie for a lot of it um i thought that the you know some of the cg blood spray was a little disappointing some cg gore and then the moment with the vines chasing them up the, the ruins is a little, you know, doesn't look great and it's not that good CGI. But for the most part, this is also it, 14 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And um, it was so shot in Australia during the winter 
So these yes. people are freezing yeah. and they're covered in olive oil and water sprayed all over them. So they look. So, yeah, that was my next thing is that it, it looks great. Ugh. They do a fantastic job of selling the uncomfortable heat in spite of it being summer in Australia or winter in Australia. I'm like, usually covered awesome. in olive oil and, and you know, spray down. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's old. just your I was going to ask how yeah. you get that <laughs> greasy glow there. Yeah. And when I'm cooking, I just kind of like wipe my forehead and throw it yeah. onto the pan. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> so, I just really grossed out Kill. <laughs> uh, I, I, I loved a lot of like the themes of this movie, uh, especially with the group dynamic. Have, you know, we talked about Jeff's arrogance, and it's like even if he is correct, he is not being a good leader. And a lot of it is just him making decisions over the concerns of his entire group. Um, you know, right or not, like he kind of helps get them in that situation, and then he makes all these choices that possibly made things worse, made things. It's tough to say, but I just love the way that they play with that. And Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Tucker, what is his name? Um, mm-hmm. That is him. Yeah, uh, he does a really good job of playing this character that is both relatable, um, sympathetic, but also like an arrogant dickhead. And I think that it's it's a really um, it's a really uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a crazy tightrope to walk, but he nails it. Um, combined he with the really good panicked is, acting, yeah, yeah, like an ends justify the means character, and I think yeah. it 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 is wonderful the way that they they have it in the movie with all this indecisive indecisiveness from mm-hmm. all the other characters, and they're scared, and then you have someone who's just like action, action, action. Yeah, and then with the uh, supernatural element or the plant element, uh, this is Mushroom May. We're talking about horrors from the earth. I think that this is a really good like plant villain um, or antagonist, like you know, or just like another facet that throw in there are these like semi sentient, pretty intelligent plants that are using the discord within the group to like get a meal. Mm-hmm. Like I love that. That's that's a really smart thing, and the way too that they have to they're trying to contain it to not let it like spread over the whole world this is going to be a classic greg reach in terms of what this is talking about but i i saw that if like we we talked about americans going to any place they want and like doing whatever they want you could relate that to the plants like they just they take over and they do what they want and they you know take everything for themselves to eat and devour and spread it's like agent smith says in the matrix like humanity is a cancer you know it's like a very similar thing virus Exactly, a virus, yes. Like, we go wherever we want, we take over, we dominate the, you know, the landscape and the wildlife and everything. We just, we completely make it our own. Um, and so to have that, have it, you know, humanity treated the way we treat the, the natural world, to have the natural world kind of get its revenge and, you the know, come up and do it for itself. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I love that aspect of this movie. All of that said, the ending really pissed me off. <laughs> Uh, with not following through on much of that or delivering on what it's setting up. And it, it gets to the point where it's like, I mean, you know, Murphy, you have your rule where, like, if there's an alarm going off for more than five minutes, mm-hmm. you take it down a full star. I almost want to do the same thing to this movie, but I'm going to take it down less than a full star. I'm going to say it's like a 3.25. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy it. I just think the ending was such, such a bummer to me. Uh, like, I was viscerally upset when it came up and, like, I yelled at my TV being like, you can't, no, like, you fucking, <laughs> you gotta end it. You can't do that. That's just not, it doesn't feel right. like a real ending. Um, it's it's not following through on everything. Yeah. That, yeah. All the tones, all the themes, all the, like, heartbreak we're being set up for. Yeah, totally. 
but other than that, I liked it. You said Jenna Malone is maybe the weaker point of the movie, but everyone else around her is strong enough to carry through. But I, I really like uh, Sean Ashmore. I thought that he mm-hmm. played a good supporting role. And um, it also played with my expectations in terms of like, you're expecting these to be like, you know, insufferable douchebags. But for the most part, all of them are sympathetic, relatable characters. Uh, so, yeah, 3.25 carnivorous red uh, vines. Yeah, red flowered vines. Cool. Yeah, I agree with what you guys are saying. It was fun. It's a fun watch. Um, and despite the the killer vines, they really only kill one person in this movie. That's true. Yeah. Mateus. Um, yeah. Well, so, I, I, the girl in the beginning, we have to assume also Mateus's brother Heinrich. We don't see either of those. That's that's true. So yeah, and I like not really. We don't really get an explanation about where the vines came from, whether they're cursed, whether they are just. That's just how they they uh, adapted or whatever. Um, it's yeah, it's an interesting interesting movie, fun. Um, Stacy, the person who stayed played Stacy, whose name I just forgot. Um, she wasn't she hasn't really acted much since 2015. That's her last IMDb credit, which is kind of a bummer because, as we stated, she's probably the the strongest performance in this movie. So I was kind Laura of bummed Ramsey. to see. Yeah, I was bummed to see she doesn't have anything else um, on there. Uh, but and she's yeah. a real cutie too. I would give it a three point two carnivorous mimic flower thing vines, six point right. pumpkin vine things. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, yeah, I think this is such a, a a perfect example of the natural mushroom horror that we're talking about. This is something. You know, from the earth, uh, as as you were talking about, Kill, like it it makes sense that this is like an evolution and an adaptation of its environment. That um, like uh, Venus flytrap, you know, it, we're talking about it does the pheromones. This can do the sounds, like it can mimic a bird, and so the bird's like, oh, there's a mate over here. Let me fly down and like land and they can eat it they also say at some point that uh the birds and bugs have learned not to land on the yeah. pyramid that it's that been, cool it's been that there for so long that the the actual animal life around it has then adapted to that as well yeah that's an animal no fly zone that's crazy yeah <laughs> Uh, relating this back to Troll, you could say the Mayans are kind of like uh, Eunice, you know, trying to contain this natural world or like this, like, you know, these uh, evil plants within this one area, right? It's too bad, like, the, the lead mind, Sergio Calderon, didn't, like, take his hair down and become a younger version of himself, you know, at some point. That's a real Jack Reacher moment right there, Greg. But I'm going <laughs> to let you have it. <laughs> Uh, well, that's gonna cover it for the ruins. Glad you all joined. Kill, do you want to let us know what we're watching for next week? Okay, I'm excited for you guys to watch this. Um, it is, I, it might be a Hulu original. I know that it's on Hulu, so it's accessible for, for us. Um, but it is a movie that I've watched a couple times because it's something that I'm like, I think I really liked it, but I need to watch it again kind of movie. And it fits, I think, very well with the mushroom horror theme for this month. And it's called In the Earth. 
Yay, in the, the earth. Uh, I'm always I'm always very excited to watch more recent horror movies on here. You know? Yeah. This might be the most recent that we've watched, because this was a 2001, 20, or excuse me, 2021. Yeah. And it's a was pandemic the movie. It was written during the pandemic. Yeah. And during the pandemic. And at the Lodge oh, wow. was like the only other one that we came close to, and that's like 2019. I think Slacks, too. Wasn't Slacks 2021 as well? Oh. I could be wrong about that, but... Or maybe it was like only Probably released 2020 on streaming since during 2021. We recorded yeah. that last year, Greg. Mm-hmm. But I think it was pretty yeah. recent when we talked about it. Though. It was very, very recent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are all uh, movies that I picked as well, and I kind I try to make uh, make an effort to get movies from all over, like super old movies and more yeah. recent ones too, because I think that there are a lot of recent movies that are not only just fit in with our themes sometimes, but I think some of them are really fucking cool and it's worth exactly. going over like new stuff and not just the classics. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, you can always get us at email weekly podcast massacre at gmail.com. We have both Twitter and Instagram at weekly massacre. Hit us up. Let us know uh, the last time you fought with friends on a vacation if you've ever been to a Mayan temple and were not allowed to leave, if you <laughs> won or lost a bet about oral sex and have a story to tell, let us know. Hopefully it ends with, you know, a, a mass mutilation of your friends. That's always what we want to hear. But yeah, reach out. And okay. We'll, we'll talk back to you. <laughs> hey, we we're interested in massacres on this podcast, you know? So if you've got a massacre yes. story, you got to tell us. Yeah. 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 You guys are asking for trouble. <laughs> yeah uh rate and review us on podcast platforms you know help there us uh, get the word out yeah uh well that's gonna be it so thank you for listening bye bye oh on twitter and instagram right at weekly massacre yeah that's oh, it yeah. <laughs> oh did you god damn yeah. it see i got plants in my brain I, I can't i'm not thinking too clearly today so that must be it yeah so <laughs> go uh go do some amateur surgery on yourself greg you got it. We'll do. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.